Welcome to another episode of DJ and Dad's podcast. We're on episode 38 and creating some more fire bangers for you. Today, we have a lot of topics to cover. I mean, the NFL season just started. Reddit's popping off with more NFTs over there. We have the Rec League Founders Cup, Logan Paul, shenanigans and news around that. Uh, nouns, controversy around that. Um, and more and more gaming activations are happening and friend tech airdrop question mark so we're going to talk a little bit about all these topics today so none other than we have today uh, as a co-host here on the show as per usual myself and chris coffee what's going on my man yo good morning kyle uh making it man making it had a good weekend but woke up half the family sick today so been kind of a crazy day already Man, that's a bummer, but uh, did you get out and uh, were you able to touch any grass this weekend? Uh, a little bit, not much. Uh, we had my three-year-old's birthday party who just turned three, uh, but it, we did it inside, which is probably good because it rained anyways. And um, I think I got out a little yesterday, but this weekend was pretty pretty packed out too. Yeah, there's a, just, yeah it's, it's a crazy time, transitioning, seasons changing. Things are getting slightly a little bit cooler, so that's awesome yes, uh, as yes. well. Thankful for that. <laughs> I, I saw an eagle um, this weekend, so that was nice. pretty interesting. Yeah, um, went to the lake, spent time with family. It was a blast. Um, but yeah, man, there's a lot going on. And by the way, um, never forget 9/11 today. Just want to give 9/11 a quick shout out, you know, because you know, boy, back then, obviously the whole Twin Towers, people were lost, and it was a big tragedy. And just want to, you know. Give that a shout out today. So, do you remember where you were, what you were doing? Oh yeah, man, I remember like it was yesterday. I was going to school. I lived in Florida at the time. Bush was actually not even like an hour and a half away in uh, another Florida city. And uh, you know, when the first plane hit, I remembered that. Uh, you know, because I was getting ready for school. As I was hopping on the bus, the second plane hit, and our bus driver already had the radio like all the way on, and I was boarding the bus to go to school. And I remember to thinking to myself, I'm like, this isn't normal. Something's off. And I, I think this is actually an attack. And it ended up being one. But oh, wow. yeah, yeah. So it was crazy, man. I think I was like seventh grade or something like that. Yeah. It's called a flashbulb memory and psychology. Fun fact. It's when you like remember not just the memory itself, but all your surroundings kind of like it like paints an image for you. Did you say Florida? Yeah, I lived in Florida in the Tampa Bay area. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I lived there for a short time. And then he moved up north. <laughs> up north. <laughs> we li- I lived, I, you know what? I live in the buckle of the, the Bible belt. So, you know, we're pretty blessed up here to say the sure. least. You know, we have to teach you heathens and Louisiana how to live. And, you know, I thought, all that that was, stuff. I thought that was Missouri. It was the buckle. You wish. No, we're the, bu- <laughs> we're the actual buckle. You know, That's we got to teach you heathens, you NFT MFers. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Now, um, all right, so yeah, the football season just started as well, which obviously is going to prompt Reddit to go ahead and drop more Polygon NFTs, man. Did you see that? I did, you, I did. Of course yeah. you did. You've yeah. done every drop on there um, and all that good stuff. And I think these were super limited. I didn't even try to even go for them. They are super limited. Yeah, I got one of the original like football NFTs, but it was more broad, the one that I got. It wasn't like a team or anything. It was just like a little football uh, avatar. Uh, but I, I didn't get anything for that. I don't get I don't get every drop. I just kind of go for the ones that I like. Same, same. Um, as you should. And in other news, man, we have some other bunch of. Yeah, I mean, did, did you want to do the market report, or we can do that like here in just a moment? If we you can wanna... do that, we can do that in just a moment. We can either talk right, cool. about the Logan Paul thing's really interesting, and it's pretty. It's pretty like 
you don't have to care about NFTs to care about this. It, it's it's just interesting. So if you've been on X, you know, you'd see the whole like Dylan Dennis like going way too far, in my opinion, with Logan's fiance, Nina. I think that's her name. Um, sorry, my girl's screaming in the background. Like I said, half of my family has a stomach virus right now. So it's a little wild at the uh, Chris Coffee household. Anyways, um, so there's been a lot of drama, of course, but Dylan's been like marketing or building up the base for their fight, you know, a lot. Uh, even using controversy, I think she filed like a lawsuit and she filed a restraining order. And then Logan dropped a deep fake of Dylan Dennis like yesterday, the day before that, basically making them apologize and saying that he likes Prime and all that fun stuff. Anyways, fun little backstory is that Logan, not his scam NFT, CryptoZoo, his other NFT, I guess isn't a scam maybe because one of the, like the, remember the little cards he released where he did like one card for, yeah, well, one of those was 1% earnings on his next fight. And I guess that lands on this fight coming up with Dylan Dennis. So the fun thing is, is he going to follow through? And if he does follow through, that NFT cost that guy $45,000. I think it was around that, you know, give or take a few thousand. Um, and it's estimated that one per- this fight with how much revenue is going to generate, this guy could get one hundred to three hundred thousand dollars off of this fight if if Logan follows through. Yeah, that's the big question mark. Is Logan Paul going to follow through? I think everybody's asking themselves that question because of what happened with CryptoZoo. Rightly so. I mean, CryptoZoo was a project he, you know, obviously was behind, promoted, and you know, hyped it up on his own podcast. And of course, it kind of rug pulled, you know, like it was kind of in his terms out of his control, but everybody, you know, thinks otherwise. So this whole thing is like still up in the air. He still hasn't paid uh, paid out like any kind of refund. Yeah, that's the important part. He still hasn't paid it out, you know, like he's yeah. after he got caught out by CoffeeZilla, like he's like, all right, whatever, like I'm going to pay it out, like stop tripping. And it's been like, what, eight months, nine months. Yeah. Maybe so like. I just want... Just to give like the viewers some context there around this current one, will he do it? That's a big question. You know, ethically, it just doesn't seem like he's been like at 100, you know, and yep. the, I mean, you know, I've tried to root for the guy, you know, and it's it's tough when, you know, people are getting hurt around projects he's doing. So um, hopefully he pays out on this one. Fingers crossed that some of these people that invested into some of this stuff get paid out. That would be awesome for his holders. Um, but aside from that, we have some other news. We have, speaking of founders, the Rec League Founders Cup, which took off just this past weekend, and it was a blast. You had Cool Cats yep. founder, the um, Sappy Seals founder, and other different founders as well that competed in the tournament with uh, this upcoming game that's going to fully launch on mobile phones as well. Um, and it involves Board Ape Yacht Club IP and all that fun stuff in there. The founder of Animoca Brands was also in mm-hmm. the tournament. Uh, Chris, what's your, what was your takes on the tournament? Did, were you able to tune in and kind of, kind of look at that? Yeah, I watched like the last like hour, hour and a half of it. It it ended up exactly how I thought it would. I figured I'd see Wob, which is the founder of Seppi Seals and Jonah. Uh, I don't actually don't remember Jonah's project, but he's just well known in the web three gaming space. I figured that they'd be in the finals. Oh, yeah. Fr- Frank from D Gods was in the tournament. Yeah, Frank from D Gods yeah. was there. He actually went up against Wob. That was pretty funny. So you had like D Gods versus like Seals and stuff um it was a really fun watch like i think one of my biggest takeaways from that is even if i didn't care about web 3 at all like let's go back to like five years ago or something like that i would have still been really interested to watch this turn and entertained watching this tournament you know like there there was no like 
me watching it and hope I, there's no like speculation involved. It was just fun. It's been a while since I've been able to like view something like that style and just have fun watching it. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the yeah. watch. The game looks really cool. You know, I'm shocked. Like there hasn't been more tournaments with projects. Like in the beginning, there's all these plans. And I remember a lot of projects were going to like host these kind of tournaments. And it just kind of fell to the back burner during the bear market, I guess. And uh, the focuses were put elsewhere, but I've been like longing for this to happen, man, uh, for like the past year and a half, almost two years now, um, where there's a game where founders actually came together to, you know, just have fun in, in the mm-hmm. space. And it was good to see that. And of course, Wab, uh, Wabdo, con- the, somebody was saying the, the Wabdo combo was the, you know, he's TK. Combo. Yeah, he is uh, just decimating and sending people back to the lobby, man, and dominated. So uh, credits to him for winning it all. Yeah, and it looks like news. it looks like that long, uh, long range really favored him because he's able to kind of yeah. like do a lot of damage, and then afterwards just kind of like sit back and just kind of like fire missiles. Which that kind of plays into you actually would know more about this than me. So like me and Kyle both have majestic boxes, which is gonna like be able to equal a whole mech like for ourselves. So like I'm assuming like I could have a more long range style mech, and you could have a more like short range style mech. Is that fair to say? Like, like it's gonna be random. Yeah, like, they have, on everything. Yeah, they have. So they have middle range, they have short range, and then of course the, the long range as well. So it's gonna be coming down to your play style and what you like essentially, because you can customize mechs and like there's millions of ways you could do it. Um, how they've done it, like I, there's like X amount of accessories, but you technically can combine them all, and it's like it may, it's like millions of different possibilities how you can assemble your mech. Well, I'm interested to see how that works and how the earnings work. And regardless, I'm really it made me even more excited to play the game. Yeah, no doubt, man. So I got to play the game, and you know, I I think I could have won it all. Like I'm just gonna yeah? throw that out there. Yeah. You think so? so if you're rec league or you're at one of these founders, like you, you either sponsor our channel and watch me win it all, or come on, like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on blast, man. And because I played the game, I played the early test, and I beat like everybody pretty much, um, aside from a couple matches, but. I'm really pumped. Hopefully, we'll we'll get somebody. I need a sugar daddy to send me the the legendary <laughs> mech so I can mop the floor with the competition. But you no, know, all jokes aside, it was fun too, and and I was happy to see this event. Um, Chris, you got some news here around the the nouns now. We're gonna get back into gaming topics, mm-hmm. but let's let's get into this one, and you'll see why we'll transition uh, back to a little bit of gaming. What's going on? There's just a lot of Web three gaming news, man. The Web3 yes. Gaming Bull Run predictions are, it seems like, are starting to, to take hold a little bit here. But uh, what's up with that Noun DAO? This one was one of the sure. major DAOs in the Web3 space, period. Yeah, well, the reason I put this on here is because, to me, it's a little bit bigger than Nouns. It's, like, kind of questioning, like, if DAOs can be successful, period, like, on their own. And um, so I'm just going to read, like, a bit of this. Uh, it was, like, a very good breakdown. Basically, 40% of the Nouns are quitting the DAO and claiming a refund. Um, and I'll skip over a couple of this. Some holders are thinking that the $30 million treasury is being thrown out the window, but here's what's ca- causing problems. This is the important part. Conflict when proposals pass that you don't agree with, obviously. I mean, that's going to happen in you know, any kind of voting system. Uh, early, this is, you know, it makes sense, but early holders paid three to five X for the same vote uh, that you can now get for 40K. Um, so, you know, if you paid like, Five times more than somebody, your voting power is the same, so it probably feels a little weird. Uh, Nouns went to 20 ETH, and those buyers want the 35 ETH payout, so nobody's, like, basically, if they get a refund, they're getting a free 15 ETH, so, like, who's going to say no to that? 
Um, so, I mean, we're going to see how it goes. Some of the comments are very interesting. Pons is the uh, very respectable founder, in my opinion. Basically, just saying DAOs don't work. He said he spent over a year trying to convince himself that they would that they create one. In the end, they face the reality that all direct democracies are destined to fail, especially one centered around money. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Um, now, I don't really know too much about the nouns, other than they did some kind of creator competition and they generated some bogus. hype. <laughs> yeah, but they try to generate some hype around that, and uh, they just in generally generally promote their treasury that you know they wave that around like we got this massive treasury as a dow look at us um that's all i really know um i do i do like their the vibes like in terms of like their art but again i'm not a part of that community but what i do know is we're going to transition a little bit here back into web3 gaming a noun backed dow which is not like noun dow it's just a noun backed one mm -hmm. um which is a gaming dow um, called Black Hand, won third place in the entire world in the ALGS Global Championship, which is oh, wow. very, yeah, very cool to see. It is a DAO-based Web3 esports team, and they um, you know competed against centralized, of course, gaming orgs and BC-backed orgs. So this was kind of a big deal. And I talked about this on the roundtable space on Mario. Uh, on Mario's, you know, one of his the largest Twitter space when he's like the largest Twitter space. He has a Web3 gaming space now, and I was on there talking about DAOs and esports. So this is definitely uh, a provable model in terms of gaming. Um, now DAOs in terms of PFPs, I don't know, but I've always been excited about Web3 gaming and DAOs and how they could change things there, uh, or at least you know have a gaming org set up and how they would be able to compete in esports. And this definitely. I think proves that out a little bit there. Now, I do think DAOs are so early that there still needs to be a lot um, of kind of maturity process and community maturity and more different, you know, different mechanisms. Kind of like watching uh, the first government, like government ever being formed, like the first democracy. It's like so young um, and they still have a lot to go through. But um, that was very cool to see. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but uh, yeah, pretty no, cool stuff there. I didn't see that. I did skip over the part that over 158 projects have been built on top of nouns to date. So they're definitely doing things, you know, no question on that. I, the creator competition that you mentioned earlier to me was very sketchy. I'll give, I'll give like a very quick rundown of that. They ran a competition, a video competition. Um, and I think the winner got like $50,000 and the runner up got like 10,000. I don't remember the exact numbers, but they gave out a lot of money to the top three. Well, the whole process was sketchy. It like wasn't clear on their on their profile. You had to like go to their website and you had to click like a very specific link on their website to even find like a little bit of information about this like creators competition. And when they went to select the winners, they chose the most random people. And like if you go and look at the videos that won, like one of them was like an hour long live stream talking about like code and like some other game. And like there's like a small segment in it that talks about nouns. And that one was one of the ones that I think that was the winner. Whereas you have like creators that are in the space, like NFT Nate made an amazing video to where like he got in like different scenes and it was just really well edited. Ash Robin, like that was insane. Ash yeah. Robin, like animated a noun to go to a restaurant with him and talk back and forth of the noun. And then Tally made one to where he just did like very amazing edit, one of the best videos on like NFT projects I've probably ever seen. None of those qualified for top three, but apparently some random live stream. Where they just inserted like a noun plug did it, that was sketchy, man. I, I, I just, 
it, when I saw that, I was like, I don't trust this project anymore, Dow or not. And I, honestly, like, I, I'm a fan of like Dow's like on like smaller scale. But like when we cut, when we go to like governing systems and like finances and and like when it gets like bigger and bigger, I've always kind of been on the side of like having a little bit of of centralized authority isn't a bad thing, you know. Um, and that, well, I know that's, the, the thing with DAOs is that you get a lot of like whale holders that really are able to decide a lot of what goes on in the DAO. Um, which could be could be both positive and negative at the same time, because positively, like they'll are, they're going to be more engaged and have the time to really pay attention to stuff. But but on the negative side, they could just be benefiting and lining their own pockets or their own motives and their own agendas. So there's just like this. It, I mean, it's just like how real government works in general. Like people just don't realize, like because they don't pay attention to like government stuff. But that's kind of how regular government works. But um, you have the elites and like they're, you know, they have the lobbyists and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how people really navigate DAOs. I think the a better solution, I think, is to democratize like voting systems even further than just yeah. like, oh, you own a like a massive amount of tokens. So therefore, you know, you have like this big weight of vote. And I'm like, OK, but like that necessarily could like there's so many pitfalls. Um, so there's definitely sure. got to be more mechanisms involved. And then even further than that, sometimes it's like who's more the most popular and they might may not be like elected to council or whatever based on merits. It's just popularity. So there's a lot of like definitely pitfalls um, in, in terms of DAOs and who gets elected or who votes for, you know, even I mean, this this goes into projects as well. Like I've seen projects centralized, like they've owned like massive amounts of nodes and they're able to control node votes. And I'm like, that too. That's another centralized problem. Yeah, man. So that's an interesting point. Like, so DAOs actually can just be oligarchies, basically, where like a smaller amount of wealthy people control the whole system, which is kind of the opposite of what I feel like it was designed for. But it's also like, what's the, it's, I can't even think of a solution off the top of my head because like the first thing comes to my mind, well, it doesn't matter how many tokens you own, you get one vote. But you just make more wallets, you know, you can make 50 wallets and have 50 votes. So that'd be a very, you, you would almost have to KYC, which just defeats the entire point of a decentralized mm-hmm. uh, system uh, in order to like prove that like one person doesn't have so many wallets. So I don't know, it, it maybe it would need some type of human vetting process or something. I don't know, like you yeah. apply, you, like, you have to fill out a application for a spot of the DAO. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things like to for a DAO. Like, I think it's better when DAOs like have a overall mission and goal. Like with nouns, I never really knew what their purpose was, other than they're just raising money. And I guess they back some DAOs. Like, I didn't know that, but um, you know, maybe I'll apply to be backed. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, you know, I, I I feel like if it has a clear mission and goal, like uh, this gaming DAO that that like one third, like they have a common goal, common mission. Um, they're obviously set to try to win the entire tournament and really compete. And I think stuff like that works, but it's when you have, like you said, finances involved, that's where things can get a little bit wonky and people put self-interest above the interest of others. And that's just across the board. But yeah, it's not perfect, but maybe there'll be mechanisms in the future where it, it'll be a little bit more fair. Absolutely. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, that's fair to say. <laughs> 
In other gaming news, man, we have a lot. I mean, there's just yeah. a lot going on. And again, this is it, what plays into what I've been trying to say in my thesis uh, is like when you're talking about gaming, NFTs, and, and metaverse, even they all tie in together. Like even AI accelerating all the, this whole process of game development. You have, you know, even R, the acceleration of everything. Anything AI touches, especially in the digital sense is going to accelerate, and this is not a surprise that we're seeing a lot of this stuff pop off. Animoca just raised $20 million in their uh, flagship NFT project called Mochaverse, and they're also talking digital ID as well. So um, this is very interesting developments. Did you have a couple updates on that, or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, obviously me and Kyle are both Mocha holders. Pretty exciting. Uh, well, well, Swoosh got picked up as a ambassador, and he actually made a post about it that's pretty interesting. So they raised $20 million, And um, in comparison with other projects, that's probably one, two, three, four, five. It's definitely in the top 10 of of, of amount raised by VCs in any MT project. Uh, Board Ape raised $450 million, Limit Break $200 million, Pixel Vault $100 million, Sandbox 93, Doodles 54, Proof 50, and then Mochaverse 20. Um, so to give you an idea, then after that, it, it goes all, it keeps going down a lot. So yeah, it's a pretty big accomplishment. Um, on Mochaverse as well, it looks like right before we went live, I haven't been keeping up with this, but they're doing some type of IRL event that had a ton of signups. Um, it is the yeah, it's, uh, it's Mocha of 2049. Do you know what's going on there? Well, so 2049 as well, it's a event where all projects come out to Singapore. Um, oh, so this Singapore. is like, yeah, so this is like a big, one of the biggest events in the world. Um, and so 2049, it's called Token 2049, but uh, Mochaverse, of course, having their own event sponsored by big names such as Amazon or Amazon Web Services and mm-hmm. Google Web. Um, so they definitely had a lot of backing there just on the sponsorship. I'm like, Wow, to have Amazon and Google Cloud uh, services like that's huge. Those are some big names. Why aren't uh, we just, out there, Kyle? We yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mocha, if you're watching this, you need to send us out there, and we'll check it out. Mocha fan. <laughs> Maybe we need some Dow. We need some noun Dow money, and then we, you know, the backing of Mocha, and then we'll, we'll fly out there and we'll cover the. We'll cover everything. How about that? That's all we need, man. That's all we need. <laughs> No, it's yeah. not going to cover everything. The uh, people that lost seven hundred thousand dollars to the Vitalik hack this weekend. Yeah, the opposite of twenty million raised seven hundred k lost in the Vitalik hack on Twitter. So nobody's safe. Apparently, is what people are saying. Nobody's safe out there on on X or Twitter. Um, yeah, this is unfortunate, man. What's your thoughts on this one? Oh, the hacker could have done better, man. It, it's <laughs> like you you got in. You know, it's like one of those like intrusive thought situations where you're like, I wouldn't do this, but if I did do this, I would do it a lot better. You know, <laughs> that's how it felt looking from the outside in. It's like you were smart enough to get into Vitalik's account, but you drop an NFT wallet drainer. Like, dude, nobody cares about random NFT mints right now. Like, sure, you ended up getting seven hundred thousand dollars, which is like good on paper, but like. The amount of things you could, he could have dropped a friend tech, connected it to the Twitter account and made millions immediately. If he like, you know, sold his, which we'll, we'll you know, talk about friend tech in a bit because friend tech's hot right now. They could have uh, said something awful about ETH and shorted it, literally made million, tens of millions of dollars. Like literally just like could have said, hey guys, um, I don't know. Something, it could have made it more technical. Like I'm on the spot right now, but something to do with 
I thought ETH was going to do this. It's going to fail. I'm sorry. You know, we're having to take down the network. Do, do something sly uh, for ETH. He could have shorted it, made made millions. But instead, he drops a wallet trainer that, like, sure, people fell for. But it's not minting season. A lot of people are more prepared nowadays. Uh, it sucks for the people that did lose, obviously, their assets. But, like, man, getting into Vitalik's account and only walking away with – probably not walking away. You're probably going to get arrested. But only being able to get seven hundred thousand dollars, like bro, that's that's like breaking into a bank and like only like leaving like with like ten bucks. Like, well, is there do better? Yeah, and this goes back to last week. We talked about the dangers of Discord um, links as well, and and how kind of the hack happens on the back end when you go to like accept a transaction or whatever on on your MetaMask or whatever. And this goes back to what me and Chris were saying, like having sometimes having third party tools, like a lot of people, especially. Um, and, and maybe kind of like newer to NFTs that always say like, what three is hard. Well, it's like you can just have a, a, an app like Mint Defense that is a Chrome extension that warns you that you're connecting. Like this could be a, a, a nefarious uh, smart contract. Um, I think you you mentioned one too, but Mint Defense is one of them. And uh, yeah, yeah Pocket, can, Pocket Universe, WebSE, um, yeah. all of those are, any, any of those are good. I, yeah. I use a few of them. So just practice safety out there. You know, it's, it's it sucks that that happened to people. And, you know, unfortunately, these, I guess, it may be a SIM swap of some sort. Um, who knows? But, yeah, it's just unfortunate. I don't know how. It's mainly these mobile companies, you know, these, like, AT&Ts, the T-Mobiles and whatever. Like, on the back end, these mm-hmm. probably these employees, like, selling this information or, you know, getting paid off to um, do the SIM swap, like, for, like, two seconds. And then the hacker can go in there and... and jack around and st- all that stuff so but yeah but you can take uh you can take sms to fa off of your x account so that should be done by all big I- i've heard that's been bypassed though because i think well, that's what elio trades was saying is like he had everything secured down but um they still got into his account somehow and and that could be I don't know if that's because they have like maybe sms to fa enabled still or i don't really well, know that's what i'm saying you cannot do uh, sms to fa like you can right. choose not to do that, um, right? But they're saying like accounts are still being hacked. So, uh, uh, you know, I guess these hackers know what they're doing. At the end of the day, like, that's a pretty pretty high level hack. But yeah. uh, let's move on to some other news here. We have uh, Web three gaming mint coming up. I don't even talk about that right now or later. Well, let's mention so Rumble Kongs is a kind of basketball game. Um, that one's a neat one. They have Paul George. Uh, he's collabing with Rumble Kongs and an artist to do some stuff over there. Um, so I just want to give him a sh- quick shout out. Rumble Kongs, pretty fun. They've been around for a while, but part collabing with an NBA player, I think that's a pretty notable one. Uh, Paul George yeah. is really big. He's played for the Thunder. Uh, the before that, the Pacers, and he's like a rock star. I don't. I think he's with the Clippers now. Um, but anyways, just wanted to throw that out there. And then of yeah, course, shout out to uh, to Rick Blockchain um for yeah hey, block. he's been big on yeah block yeah block's been, uh, been a, a maxi yeah he has been and then zynga of course it, you know they got a game coming out in Sugartown. what's up with that chris i honestly don't know a ton of details about it i just know like i've played i i'll talk about this in a bit but like i play pirate nation which has like former like zynga employees involved with it and it's one of the better Web3 games that I've played. So I'm I'm excited for whatever Sugartown has. And I mean, Zynga is like really attaching their name to it. Like literally, it's created by Zynga. So I, of, wait, wait, let's, 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 let's back that up. You tweeted today or posted rather, because it's called, not called a tweet anymore. 
you posted today about Pirates Nation. What, what's the alpha on that, man? You said some snapshot or something like that. Yeah, I actually made a video on this. Uh, it's like my my last video that wasn't the AI one, but they're doing something that's really interesting for Web3 Gaming. So they're going to a free-to-play model. So how do you balance out like going to a free-to-play model but still rewarding your, your NFT holders? Um, and there's like a lot of layers to this. I won't unfold all of them right here. But uh, one of the things they're doing is... The only people that can sell, buy, sell, and trade assets, um, you have to do two things. You have to have already have an, a pirate, like right now, Genesis Pirate, and then your account is forever unlocked. Or if you have, this is why I bought another one. If you have two pirates, you get this thing called a trading license, and that trading license can be burned to let that account forever trade assets, or it can be sold at a later date. So all of the Genesis Pirates and then all the ones with that um, can do that. Or you can play the game as a free-to-play player, and you have to get to level 10, which takes like two months or something like that. I don't really remember exactly. but And then that account can be able to buy and sell a trade. So I don't know, they're doing a pretty interesting way. That's not the only benefit to having the NFT. There's a lot more benefits, uh, but your account's automa- automatically like able to buy, sell, and trade, um, and then you're going to get that pass as well. So, and then of course there's like the IP, there's the, there's the art. If they do other games, you'll be able to bring your pirates into other games. There will be, there will always be in game advantages, which that being said, that's another hard balance. You know, how do you balance people actually wanting to play this free to play game, but not make like the Genesis holders like too overpowered in the game? You know, like how do you balance like all that? I feel like that's a lot of like really difficult uh, navigation right there. So you get like extra loot and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the pay, the kind of like the pay-to-win meta is going to be hard to break. Um, but it's debatable because, like, if you look at Call of Duty, their battle passes are kind of pay-to-win in general. Like, you get all the guns and the upgrade. Like, you get all this crazy stuff, and you get the coolest characters. And the guns in Call of Duty, like, are definitely... Like, it basically, f- like, speeds your progress up yeah. to the point where you have the best gun. And it's, like, it's all maxed out. Um, whereas like a free to play player will just have to grind like months on end to get the best equipment. And so therefore it's pay to win essentially. Um, so like, you know, web three games are going to have the same problem instead of battle pass, they're actual NFT. So like the, the NFTs in themselves are sort of like a overpowered battle pass in some games, um, which I think a lot of um, platforms will have to balance out or at least slow drip the reward system to where the founders like are just kind of slow drip this and not like over super overpowered. So I agree with that. Um, I did yeah, going back to sugar time real quick. I did forget to mention that there's 6,000 mint supply. Um, almost 4,000 is being held back for rewards and um, it's a free mint. Yeah. And this um, one, and is, uh, yeah, this one's going to be highly anticipated, you know, with Zynga backed. A lot of NFT people are just using this one as to make a bunch of money. So you're, you're going to have a lot of macro NFT people uh, trying to mint this one um, instead of the gamers, I, I presume, is what we'll probably see. Um, and then STG Football, I've been playing this one. Um, I just want to give them a shout out. They sponsored my last video. They, are, they have digital collectibles in the game. And I thought their model is super, super cool. They have the Steam version and then the Epic Games Marketplace version of the game. You can download them on both, but Steam won't let you play with your digital collectibles. But if you download it on Epic Games, you can actually connect your account and use your digital collectibles, which are players from the NFL. They have a license with the NFLPA, and you can play within that game with your cards. And you can 
uh, upgrade your players. It's like super fun. Mm-hmm. Like there's been, you know, Eckler from the San Diego Chargers that played it. Um, Tyree Kill has played the game. Like, and of course, I think they might have some obligations with the NFLPA, um, you know, to play the game. But um, it's still really cool to see. They they've actually you can tell their faces. They're actually locked into the game and enjoying it and having fun. And I thought this was a cool way to onboard. Um, they have a lot of Steam gamers coming in because I've been playing this um, live. Like they have four v four, and I'll I'll join a game and there's like these Steam players learning the game. Like I literally, you can there's voice chat, so you can hear your own teammates talking to each other. And they're like, oh yeah, your players ranked up. Like how did you do that? And I'm able to actually as a player onboard them into the Web three side. And I'm That's like, cool. this is so cool, man. Like this is the coolest I think gamer funnel I've seen. Yeah. Um, where a game that is actually fun to play. So I, anyway, shout out to the STG football team uh, for wow. putting this together. Oh, and they founded, they did Tiny Taps ba- or Taps Baseball or something like that. They sold the EA games for like a, a crazy amount. And they've like, I think they had like 400 million in revenue and total revenue wow. in that game. Dude, so yeah, yeah. So they're, um, they're, they're kind of the real deal. At one point during the explanation, a spider jumped on my camera and distracted the heck out of me. No way. Uh, can, can you... Shut uh, up. <laughs> Can you can you elaborate on the you said that it when you can you can bring the assets you buy um off of Steam to Steam? You just can't obviously can't like like are you so the Steam version is pretty much just web two from top to bottom and then yeah. you can't do anything. You know, if you wanna now if you go to the Epic Games marketplace and you download the games from the Epic Games store or whatever, you can actually use your STG football account and play with the co- the players you're collecting in the okay. game. So yeah. yeah, yeah, just Web two. Think of Web two as just the uh, where well, they're so Steam version can never play, never so, play uh, Blizzard version. Well, so, version, I mean, it's the same game. It's just the Web two version. So there's no NFT components in the Steam mm-hmm. version. But so can you use your NFTs like as like not NFTs in the Steam version? No, no. You, they okay. want to let you. Yeah, they want okay. to let you connect the account. So if you want to like, you can upgrade players. I believe in the Web two version, you just you just all you do is just grind and you play and you get these like points in the game and you get rewarded for like winning and playing games and daily rewards and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, if you want to play with your player cards, you got to download the Epic game version. So I've seen that more and more, like doesn't Axie do that as well. They have like basically like a non web three version. I don't know about Axie, but there's a lot of games doing that now. Okay. I'm pretty sure Axie does. We we talked about it last week about how this one guy, he's like a pretty like common streamer. Like he did, wasn't super big, like consistently gets like thousands of viewers on his live streams. I know he, I'm not saying it's not a web three version, but it's, it's a non earning. I don't know. I don't know Axie's system. It's a non earning SLV or not SLV, whatever it's called SLP um, version. So yeah, I don't know. That's that's very interesting. I hope that that standard doesn't forever stay. It makes sense right now because like you want to like onboard people. So I feel like it's kind of like giving them like an appetizer, like a free on the house. Like this is what it tastes like. Like if you want the whole thing, like, you know, come eat it. Uh, but I hope it doesn't like stay that standard because I don't, I wouldn't want like the Web 2 version just to blow up and be massive. And then like the Web 3 version forever be that like gross, like we don't want to interact with that because it has to do with, with NFTs. Yeah, I, you don't really see that with the STG football. What I've seen is people notice you have like really good players and they're like, how do I get that? How do I use that? How do I collect it? 
And I'm like, oh, you just download the Epic Games version and you just make a STG football account and you go to the marketplace and you can buy packs. And that's it. Like they they do that. They rush to the marketplace themselves and they do everything. So like, these are this is the epic version you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's been a really great experience. It's been so fun to like like hear people, they're like, I just downloaded this game from Steam and this is like my first game like in SDG football. And I'm like, dude, this is so cool. Like hear it, hearing that and then like them funnel it back to sure. now Steam could easily like just flip on a switch and be like, OK, we're, we're cool with it now, too. Um, but they are obviously such a dominant player in, in gaming where people like gamers just use Steam to download games. So I used to and then I and then I grew up. No, it's it's still super <laughs> dominant. Like, I know. I know. It's still, no, I said I used to like I used to use Steam for all my games, but I haven't used Steam in a while. You don't play games anymore? Not from not via Steam. Oh, okay. Well, I, I still play games via Steam. I, I have a Halo Infinite, and it's just like in generally really optimized for your computer. So if you do play games, that's why a lot of like, you know, like Dr. Disrespect, you'll see him pop open Steam uh, yeah. because it's just, you know, it's a game launcher. It's really optimized, um, and which are a lot of people, or there's like projects in the yeah. NFT space that are doing, they're trying to do that same model that Steam is doing having a well-optimized like game launcher and then everything is just a web3 game on there and it's safe right because you you know everything's kind of vetted in that in that game launcher so that's why um you'll see some of these like platforms trying to take that quote-unquote steam model from from them so yeah. we'll see that makes sense. epic games like it's going to be hard to compete with epic games at the end of the day well we got uh two more big topics um I would like to talk about AI a little bit uh, before we end, but I mean, just Frentech did come back, which was to be expected. Like it's one of those things for me. Like I think we had, we talked about this before it was like big the first time, but it has potential, you know, I think it's just going to go through the same cycles. Like this month, probably people are going to slowly fade off of it. And then next month people are going to consider it a Ponzi again. And then it's going to come back in the next couple of months if they keep building platforms. So I remain pretty neutral on Frentech as a whole. Like I still have my Frentech account. I still see the benefits. And I think if they continue to build and make it, you know, give it or give people a reason to use it besides like just the financial incentives, uh, which, you know, that's going to be a large part of course. I think if people continue to use it, I saw one guy, who are like very like average following. He has like 20,000 followers on X, which is a lot, but I mean, that's like only two X me and you, his shares are five ETH each. And he has like 128 holders or 130 holders, uh, which is wild. So, I mean, you can make a lot of, a lot of money if you have a lot of influence or if you're, if you're thinking of very creative ways to reward your, your holders. So just like for a quick refresh, you have like your own like friend tech key. People can go buy your keys, which is basically buying shares of you. And then you can choose to like offer rewards for holding or distribution for holding or whatever. So a lot of people have came up with very creative ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like a good point is like, if you are able to somehow create a, make it super creative, but at the same time, it's, it's difficult. You know, it's very highly speculative in nature in general. So I don't know how they're going to like get around that. Um, I, I'm kind of neutral on it as well. They got an airdrop coming up. Apparently people farming it, creators like blasting and, and shilling out their, their friend tech, you know, accounts. They're like, buy my friend tech account and I, or whatever, or like key or whatever. It's called keys now, yeah. um, which is pretty funny that they changed the name. 
Uh, but yeah, if they if they can if they like I don't know it keep iterating and somehow figure out a good way to make it make sense. You know, like for instance, with OnlyFans, like it's like a super low cost, and uh, you know, you obviously you get the perks that you signed up for. Um, it's in fiat, so it's easy on you know on ramping and onboarding. Uh, so Frentech kind of has to keep developing here, in my opinion, for this thing to really stick around. Again, I'm kind of neutral on it as well. I would say one big difference is, which is where the speculation comes in, is that like you are being you're a share owner, you want their you want the price to go up. Like I know that's obvious, but like let's go back to OnlyFans. Like you subscribe to somebody on OnlyFans because like you think they're really attractive, whatever. You have no like uh speculation there besides like you know you're getting the content you signed up for but on friend tech not only do you get the content you you sign you bought you signed up for if that creator gets big you own a share you know so like you could always go and and sell that ownership back and either one just get your buy-in back or two like get money from it so it, it has an extra like speculation incentive to me to where like you're almost like a a rooter for the person who keys you hold because if they go up in value then your shares go up in value and you could buy like multiple shares of one person you know like let's say mr beast joins tomorrow like i would want to snipe his shares as cheap as i possibly could because mr beast is huge and i know he'd be the biggest person on friend tech and then i could then sell those shares make a lot of money and still be holding for all the benefits so that would be the difference between like a lot of the like the web 2 versions we've seen in friend tech yeah, that's a good point. Like you could think of the keys as of like kind of trading cards, like because with trading cards, there's athletes on the front of them, right? And then you're like, I hold this card and I'm excited about it because it might go up in value or I see it as valuable. I see it as a collectible. And you could think of these as kind of like a collectible in in a sense as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's interesting things here. Um, it'd be cool if they had built more things into it. Um, right now it is kind of a little bit of plain. I've seen people like promote their podcasts inside of friend tech. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like the, the lady that, that, uh, Nicole Beeman or whatever her name is. I think she's been promoting that. that uh, yeah. The keys. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's her. It's her, but uh, <laughs> she's been doing that and promoting that, um, her podcast or something like that on there. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for today. Unless you wanted to go over the crypto or NFT, um, weather here or I wanted to do the AI plug real quick before we end. I made a video on this. It's my last video. Um, I thought this was really cool. It's not brand new. It's just getting better. So ChatGPT allows you to use plugins. Um, you know, they've been in that for a while. It's on the paid version on GPT four, but one of the plugins you can use is Canva. And so if you're like making, if you're a content creator and you're making thumbnails or you just do like graphics for your company or you do marketing or whatever, you can really prompt the using ChatGPT, uh, these Canva banners and it automatically makes you as many as you want. So it, it's been really cool to see like, well, the example I did was like, make me a Mr. Beast like thumbnail. You know, if you say Mr. Beast, then that's going to say, I can't copy content, but it will tell you it's like, Oh, Mr. Beast uses like this style of animation. He usually uses this, maybe not the exact font, but like this style of text, um, you know, and this. And then it will actually, it made me five different banners using those guidelines. And like two of them were pretty good. And my favorite part about all of this is you can just click in it and it takes you to Canva and then you can edit it however you want it. So you don't have to, 
you don't have to just go with whatever they sent you and like save that JPEG and then like try to work around covering stuff up or changing things. Like you literally just go in and edit it on Canva. It's going to be an interesting, like, you know, these tech companies are going to have their work cut out for them uh, because of that. Like, it's like, how do you, like, if you're democratizing thumbnails, you're democratizing content creation even further. Like, how do they know what content gets pushed up um, further in the algorithms, like long-term, like when AI is like really helping with content creation, making it better. Like everybody's content should be like rising, especially like fast forward a year or two from now, Chris, like how crazy it's going to be then like tools and resources available. Like, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic that I think a lot of tech companies will have to like figure out like the X, the, the, the YouTubes, the TikToks, and all that. And like how, how they determine like what is good content, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I challenge you on like the whole like rising. Like I agree with the premise, but like good content to me as like an older soul, it kind of gives me a headache, dude. Cause like good content right now, like Mr. Beast is probably like the epitome of like a retention content, which is like, you need a change of frame every certain amount of seconds. Like you need certain vocals every set of seconds. Like you need to like retain that attention. But to me, it almost gives me a headache, dude. Cause like I, you're trying to focus on a scene and it swaps to the next scene with a sound. And then by the time you're to that scene, it swaps to another scene. You're going to be seeing a lot more of this because that's just the way our brains work right now. We're like, We've overconsumed so much content, uh, especially like I would say millennials and down. I, I'm a millennial, um, you know, and then like the Gen Z below us, like very much like TikTok came in very strong when they were in junior high or high school. And TikTok, like the retention, they're just now trying to grow their retention because they're like kind of promoting and pushing like one minute or longer videos. But for the longest time, it was like under 15 seconds. And then I think they bumped it to 30 seconds and now it can like be longer. But anyway, all that to say, like, I imagine the first like swoop of content is going to be like this, like wild edits that like overstimulate you. And you'll, you'll probably be like watching it for, for a long time, but your body might feel exhausted afterwards. Yeah. I I actually don't watch like those, like those videos. Like I like Mr. Beast and I'll tune into like a video like every once in a while, but I actually uh, love long form content. And like when I'm vegging out or like, going to bed i'll just like start watching a long video and then just kind of get tired and you know close it out and then pick it up where i left off so i i'm i'm a big long form content guy i love it um it but it is interesting like you said like most people um you know how their brains work is they like the short for they like that you know gratif early or they like that uh, gratification and that like that serotonin level dinging in their brain so they're more apt to like stay on the, like a mr beast video which is why he gets like millions of views is because like that's like you're saying like that's why a lot of people uh watch his videos and tune into it um and they're like he's literally pushing those psychological buttons and he knows how um because it's like a literal science but for me i'm a a big learner so i I do i love to like do the long form i'm a podcast guy i do we do podcasts of course um we do chop up our own content as well so we we know how it goes but um ultimately it's like what makes you happy but I, I still think they'll have their work cut out for them um, because clips like Opus Clips and platforms like that, um, it'll continue to uh, improve. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how like algorithms um, are going to handle like m- more massive amounts of content creators in the, in the not so distant future. Yeah. And I'll say right now, like as a content creator, like it's still expensive to use some of those platforms like Opus, like if you're not getting like free trials or affiliates or anything like that. Like I would much rather hire an editor 
than hire than pay for one of these programs. And I don't really, you would know more about the tech side, but if the tech side is really that expensive, like that's how much the computing power costs, then it's always going to be competitive. But if they can somehow get that cost down, then I think that's when some, not all editors, but maybe that's when like some editors that are like very surface level, like my level of editing, I would say would be in danger. Because, you know, it, like when I think of editing, like I think of like, I'm not a great editor, but like I know what I'm doing. And so typically I won't hire somebody who's like my level or down or like below me. Um, I would want to hire up for somebody like as far as skill set goes. But anyways, uh, all that to say, like if the, if the price of these AI tools is going to remain uh, within striking difference of the cost of editors, I don't think editors have anything to worry about. Yeah, I think like it just depends. Like, you know, there's edge cases on some of these and it just depends on like what kind of content you're making. So Opus might make sense for like short form content creators, whereas, um, you know, some of the other editing tools, like you have one for Adobe, that could be very useful. Um, and even then more powerful in the future. So uh, again, I think it'll democratize content creation in the future, not not in this current meta that we're seeing now. But uh, I do think it's important for people to like start content creation now versus waiting, you know, but like waiting until AI is like full blown, like, doing all the edits like a mr beast for example yeah. like cuz it to me it's just a matter of time before somebody throws all the mr beast videos into a, a this ai and it's able to like learn from that and then all you have to do is throw your video in there and it chops it up like exactly like a mr beast video like to me that's just a matter of time before somebody just does that and so it's like why not start content now instead of waiting until that that like mr beast moment ai happens because then it's going to be like, everybody's going to be doing it. Then like you want to be ahead of the times you want to be like ahead of the game instead of waiting for those things to happen later on. Yeah. And they, they have already done that to an AI level. I actually made a short on this as my most watched word on YouTube where they took all of Mr. Beast content and like put it into an AI model and had like a, a 3d animated Mr. Beast. Yeah. I, tweet, I tweeted about that. Yeah. When it broke. Yeah. Yeah. Seen yeah. That one. Uh, but I know what you're saying. Like you'll be able to do that like with your brand and your content. Yeah. It's super possible, but we shall see Kyle. We shall see. Uh, I think that's all the topics I would like. Uh, to talk about i'm actually going to get the newest iphone and i think apple is having their event tomorrow i'm not sure if that's when they'll be dropping more information Bro, i thought you're gonna get that solana phone <laughs> solana phone did you hey, see that review that's news yeah that's uh, uh, Marquis, uh i forgot Brownlee. his last name yeah, yeah, Brownlee, Brownlee. Uh, reviewed the solana phone um it was, was a, it was I, a good reviews I, I mean i saw the video so i know but was it <laughs> how'd it go i thought it went fine i mean a lot of people like his the title of the video was like i bought a crypto phone like don't buy it but like it wasn't because it's a crypto phone he said don't buy it even though he's like not like he doesn't really care for what three or crypto or anything it's mainly just because he liked the phone i just don't think he liked it for like a thousand dollars like it was like one of those like yeah this is a good phone but you have better options for this price point wait but it's six hundred dollars now uh, was it a thousand? Uh, so to me, it seemed like he was trying to destroy the phone a little bit, like in a nice way, which is fair. I'm like, okay, so I get it. The thousand dollar price point. I didn't buy it. I, I thought same thing that he thought too expensive, but currently it's only 600 bucks. So I'm like, okay, now it's fair price. And like the whole first part of the video is him trying to like make it out to be a thousand dollar phone, which it was. I mean, there's people that were upset that they lowered the price to $600. But I think if you're looking for the benefits of, of that, what that phone offers, 
and you're you don't really care about the camera i think it's a i think it's a fine price point um now like maybe it's only worth five hundred dollars but again if you want a default phone a sand they sandbox like the solana part um so you're like more secure than not than an apple phone then that might be worth it to you you know you might have thousands and tens of thousands of dollars worth of like solana assets that that might benefit you but if you're on apple like technically it's not as secure as that phone so there is like those types of things it like he did have a good point at the end where it's like maybe this phone is for a niche audience but it's probably not for the masses and i do agree i I do agree with him on that and i first saw this like review happening to to eventually Yeah, I, I wish that like a company like Ledger would have came out with a phone, not like a crypto. They might. Yeah, they probably they probably will, but like not like a um, not not like a crypto that already has like a token, you know, or like whatever. Like like somebody that's involved with hardware already, uh, yeah. it would make sense for them to launch a phone. Not like like I, I don't want to buy a Cardano phone. I don't want to buy a yeah Ethereum phone. <laughs> and that's what I like. My thoughts too on that is like there's already been crypto phones that have launched and have kind of failed. So for me, when I saw this, I was like, that's cool. And I hope they do well, but it's only a Solana phone. And like you said, I think Ledger will just put out their own phone. Eventually it's like, they already have like a color touchscreen, like Ledger device. You can see yeah, all touch before the iPhone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's basically a, t- a small little tablet. Yeah. Like it's basically a phone just without, you know, it's like just encrypted and more safe. But anyways, that's all we got for this one, man. We hope you tune into the next episode where we'll have more alpha on the channel here. Again, we talked a lot about, you know, Web3 Gaming and the future of that and all that good stuff. So you definitely want to tune in next week. We'll be on Chris's channel uh, next week. And also we're uploading our audio to uh, Spotify. We have like all the different, you know, outlets that we have uploaded to for the DJ and Dads podcast. All you have to do is search DJ and Dads on any of those apps if you want to download the, this podcast to audio and if you're a sponsor give us a shout out in the email and we'll be happy to take a look at that we're in search of sponsors for this channel if you enjoyed the content smash the like button share this with a friend it really helps us break through the algorithm and that's all we got for this one any last words chris peace out everybody peace